This is Lindsay Garl. I race slingshots, and you're listening to the Four Wide Salute podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Four Wide Salute podcast. Presented by Line Decker Racing Engines. Go check out Line Decker Racing Engines on Facebook. Pop that name right into the search bar. Click on the current option that has the most updated stuff on it. Unfortunately, as you guys know, Jason was locked out of his other account, so I had to create a new one. And on that note, Jason and the Line Decker Racing Engines team have re-signed on for another six months as this podcast primary sponsor, thank you to Jason, Nicole, Peyton, all the family, everyone involved with the shop. It is much appreciated, and uh, I'm glad you guys are enjoying what's going on and what I'm doing, and here's to another six months, guys. On to our breaking news items, and first and foremost, as I always say, I will go back and go over things that I may have missed from last week. And thanks to one of my most dedicated listeners, and also the biggest pain in my ass, joking, I did miss a result from last week. And that was Land of Legends race last Saturday, Larry White taking home the big block modified feature win, and Tyler Corcoran made it two for two on the weekend last week, picking up the sportsman win. So there was another piece of news that came out. This past week that, especially here in the Northeast, might have broke the internet. I had no idea this was happening, not even with any insider information. We recorded my episode with a Gary Predmore, as you guys are going to hear, who is up in the Middletown area, raced at Middletown, and even I don't think he knew about it. It never even came up in conversation. And I get my area auto racing news, as a lot of you do. I get the paper edition. I like having that newspaper feel. And across the top, Brett Hearn is out at Orange County Fair Speedway. No, folks, I did not stutter. And come to find out in the opening of the newspaper, there is a huge spread on this thing. This is a big ordeal. Brett went into all these lengths, into what's going on, and how this came about, and what they're doing next. Brett Hearn, for one, and I'm not going to read you the whole article. That's just taking up too much of your time. You guys can check that out. Um, You know, went into the whole deal as far as his job up there when he came on was not to do anything to do with track prep. Well, somehow it ended up being where he was working on the track. He had... uh experimented with a lot of different things and how they could improve their track surface. As everyone knows, the hard clay is the hard clay. It is not the greatest surface, and anyone in Orange County will tell you that. It is not. It is not the greatest surface. Any driver will tell you it is not the greatest surface. And that's not knocking them. It's just a known fact. In this article, he goes into great lengths about that, what he was trying to work on, experiment with, and Basically, how after two years, there were no results. 
They were bringing in Jeremy Corcoran, who is now going to be coming in now post Hearn. They did bring him in at the end of 2019, got the track in great shape. And then COVID hit. When COVID hit, the facility started taking back over the track duties and did not bring Corcoran back in. Did that play a part? Who knows? Uh, Hearn goes into a lot of great depths on this and uh, gives his opinion on a lot of things. Not in a dickish way. I don't think he's, I mean, I'm sure he's not happy, you know, he was fighting for something and he did not succeed. So I'm sure he's not happy in that regard, but he's not angry the way this reads. I mean, Brett Hearn's always been pretty good with the press. You know, there are guys in motorsports who are really good with saying the right words and not being overly aggressive like some others have. So I'm not sure that he sugarcoated anything. He just puts it in a very good way, a very a positive way. And the interesting thing in this, uh, this is what I really wanted to dive into here with this is he will be sticking around for one project. There is an NBC Peacock and thing going on here in Orange County that they're going to be filming parts to a television show at Orange County that Chris Larson, who is in charge, would like Brett to see through to the end. So he will be back. I believe it is August. He believes it is August. And uh, they'll be, they'll have paid cars, drivers, extras, doing a mock race as uh, part of a storyline for some mystery series or uh, suspense, you know, primetime television show. So I'm interested to see what this is, see who they, uh, who they bring in driver-wise. So that's that. Read up on your uh, big, big breaking news here. I was very surprised to see this. Other breaking news items and a more positive note, Port Royal. As most of you know, there has not been camping going on at Port Royal. It's been an ongoing fight between the racetrack and the residents and the board and everything in between the borough. As released on Port Royal's Facebook page on Friday, the racetrack has been granted permission by the borough representatives to resume camping for the remainder of the season. However, this is only a temporary agreement between the racetrack and the borough, and all rules and obligations must be fulfilled and complied to the highest of standards. One thing I'll speak on this is, it said no fires. Now, anybody who's been there for the speech showcase in the last two years, I know I have, you know there's fires everywhere. It's it's October. It's freaking cold at night. People want to make s'mores. That's on there. So is this a matter of one person goes in and has a fire? Is this the end of it? We don't know. But... For those of you who had concerns for, you know, your big weekends, your Tuscarora 50 weekends, uh, your Junia County Fair week, a lot of other events, this uh, may alleviate some of them concerns for the time being. So tune into Port Royal's social media for any updates on that. And last but not least, onto our XR Super Series. I got to tell you, this XR Super Series is making noise. This past week, you had two Castrol Flow Racing Night in America races. Wednesday and Thursday, which paid 22000 to win a piece 
clusters a point fund that I think is about 75 grand. That's a lot of money. XR Super Series was running the Colossal 100 Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at Charlotte. Now, I'm not saying there weren't names in Illinois for their, their little speed week for late models with two of these Castrol flow racing shows, but the stud power in Charlotte was big. Your big, big names were in Charlotte. Your Davenport, your Overton, your Bloomquist, your Madden. You know, we had this conversation last night on the way home. Uh, you know, is there five guys every day that step out onto that track that could win anywhere, anytime? Yes. Madden, Davenport, Overton, there are three of them. Now, Shepard is one of them, but he was in Illinois. But the stud power at Charlotte was insane. But anyway, the news that broke, um, as we saw last year, XR Super Series had added a bonus to any driver competing at all three of these events, the Colossal 100 at Charlotte, Texas Dirt Nationals, and Carl Chevrolet Duel in the Desert at Las Vegas at the end of the year. They got a bonus for running those three events. Whatever they won at the last event in Vegas was doubled. And if you guys remember, Bobby Pierce won the finale in Vegas last year, turned his 50 grand into 100. They have now renamed this to the Triple Double. And they've also put out a statement in regards to their pay scale for their events. I know a lot of you are going to say, well, every track should do this, but it's a little bit more complicated across the board. They polled their drivers and asked them about their pay scale. They pride themselves on being the most racer-friendly series and company in dirt track racing, and they want to give drivers what the drivers want. So any of their 25000 to win races are now going to pay twenty going forward. Any of them that paid fifty to win are now going to pay forty. They're going to take that money and they're going to spread it out down through the field, which is admirable. Admirable that they will ask their drivers what to do with their money. So their hundred thousand dollar purse for your twenty five grand to win races are now going to be twenty grand, and they're going to pay deeper through through tenth, I believe. And then your hundred and fifty thousand dollar purse races that paid 50 grand a win are now going to pay 40 and they're going to go back down through the field as well. So you're going to see increases throughout your top 10, which is so cool. And uh, again, admirable for them doing that. And that will take effect starting with the Belleville Nationals thir uh, June 13th and 14th. But they do have the big pay scale posted again, racerxr.com for that information. That's that. On to our results. We were blessed with a lot of midweek shows this past week. Let's kick it off with Tuesday, Short Track Super Series, North Region, Battle of the Bullring, Accord Speedway up in New York, 6,000 to win. Victory going to Money Matt Williamson over Danny Creedon and Andy Bichetti. And yes, there may have been a little controversy between Mr. Matt and Danny. A little bit of, uh, I don't know the exact on that, if it was contact or not, but, you know, Rubbin's racing, there's strategies you got to play into things. And, well, 
Danny was not too happy with Matt, but that's that. 602 Great Sportsman went to Brian Crummel over Steve Davis and Justin Combs. Wednesday, World of Outlaws Sprints, Gettysburg Clash, Lincoln Speedway, 10,000 to win. Congratulations goes out to Jacob Allen. It was called the Shark Racing Boys, you know, the PA Outlaws. They're from the central PA area, run the outlaw schedule. Jacob Allen picking up that victory in PA over fellow PA boy, Justin Peck, as Book Motorsports is housed in Lancaster. And Carson Macedo rounding out your podium. Castrol Flow Race Night in America, Spoon River Speedway, Illinois, $22,022 to win. B-Shep picking up the victory there over Mikey Marler and Tanner English. And XR Super Series Colossal 100, night number one. Dirt Track at Charlotte, 25000 to win. Chris Smokey Madden picking up the victory over Scott Bloomquist and Jonathan Davenport. On a Thursday, Castrol Flores Night in America once again. Lincoln Speedway out in Illinois, $22,022 to win. I gave B. Shep a lot of credit here because he took a three and a half second lead that Dennis Herb Jr. had and cut it down to a sneeze, but unfortunately did not get to pass him. So Dennis Herb Jr. was victorious over B. Shep and Garrett Alberson running out your top three. XR Super Series Colossal 100 night number two. The Dirt Track at Charlotte, once again, 25,000 to win. And the interesting part of this is the guy has flow racing on the side of his car and was at Charlotte and did not run the Castrol Flow Racing Night in America. Kyle Larson was your winner over Brennan Overton and Chris Madden. USAC Sprints also in action back at Lakeside Speedway for the first time in quite some time. In Kansas, Brady Bacon victorious over the Madman Robert Ballou and Logan CV rounding out your podium. On to our weekend events, World of Outlaw Sprints. Friday and Saturday, Morgan Cup, Williams Grove Speedway, 10,000 to win Friday, 17,000 to win on Saturday. Friday night's portion, I give them all the credit in the world. They tried and tried and tried to scare away the rain. They were out for hot laps after 10 o'clock, and then another batch of rain came in and washed the Friday portion away. However, last night they did get their show in. Heartbreaker for Jacob Allen as he was leading this with few laps to go and all of a sudden pulled in on the front stretch, giving the lead to your eventual winner. One for the posse, Brent Marks picking up the win over Sheldon Hodenshield and Rico Abreu. A note to this, these stinking damn pulls I get in. I was looking good because I had Jacob, I had Brent, and I also had the third place guy, Carson Macedo who happened to come up light on the scales. So I only ended up with one in the top three. But that's the way racing goes. Hats off to Rico, though. I know he has not had a good experience running the Grove over the past couple of years. Podium is a nice way to uh, leave Pennsylvania. All-Stars, Friday, Mace Thomas Classic, I-96 Speedway up in Michigan, 8,500 to win. Victory going to Justin Peck over Sunshine, Tyler Courtney, and Hunter Schoenberg running out your podium. Saturday, Wayne County Speedway in Ohio, 6,000 to win. Hunter Percent picking up the victory. That's two now in the year for him. 
over Justin Peck and Zeb Wise rounding out your top three. ULMS late models were also on the card with Jared Miley picking up the victory. XR Super Series Friday's Colossal 100, day number three. Dirt track at Charlotte, 25,000 to win, was rained out. They did run last night, though. Saturday's finale for 50 grand to win. Chris Smokey Madden picking up the victory over Jonathan Davenport and Fergie time. Chris Ferguson running out the podium. If I'm not mistaken, Chris Madden has got to be somewhere in the neighborhood of $350,000 to $400,000 at this point. I know he left Bristol with two hundred twenty-eight. He's got to be somewhere above, okay, maybe like three twenty-five somewhere in there. Made a lot of damn money. A lot of money. And just remember, Dirt Million is not too far away. Someone is going to be a millionaire soon. Which, on that note, a little side topic here. Have anyone seen Tyler Courtney's late model shirts that have come out? They're bitching. They're just bitching. It's like it's meant to be. But that's just me as a Sunshine fan and a late model fan. And on to our Mars Racing Series Friday and Saturday. So the two Castro Flow Race Night in America events that were run midweek were nights one and two of the Illinois Speed Week. The Mars events, Friday and Saturday, were nights three and four of the Speed Week. Friday, Farmer City 74, Farmer City Raceway in Illinois, 15,000 to win. You only have to lead at the stripe, and that's what Turbo Tyler Herb did, getting the pass on the last lap in the last corner to pick up the victory over RTJ, Ricky Thornton Jr., and Hudson O'Neill rounding out your podium. And last night's finale, spring shootout, Fairbury American Legion Speedway, Illinois, 30,000 to win. Victory going to smooth operator Bobby Pierce. Brandon Shepard in second, and Hudson O'Neill rounding out your podium. And I'm not sure if they're crowning a Speed Week champion. I would have to say that would be Brandon Shepard going off of the results that we have here. USAC Sprints Friday, US 36 Raceway in Missouri. Unfortunately, I did succumb to rain. And last night, I-70 Motorsports Park in Missouri. The Madman, Robert Ballou, picking up the victory over Brady Bacon and... Justin Grant running out your podium. On to our local stuff Friday. We tried so hard, and in the end, it did not even matter. We were two minutes away from a driver's meeting at Big Diamond when the rain hit, and it rained way too much. So unfortunately, the first, well, what was supposed to be the second Tri-Track Series event, which then became the first when the first one got rained out at BAPS, now the one upcoming at the end of the month at Grandview will be the first one. So one of the six will get in, I'm thinking, at some point. I'm hopeful, folks. Outlaw did run. Modified victory going to Alex Payne and the American Racer Sportsman Mike Jackson Memorial also going to Alex Payne. He was taking home checks on Friday. Albany Saratoga. Victory going to Matty D, Matt DiLorenzo. Three wins in three weeks for this kid. 602 Great Sportsman feature going to Pat Jones. 
Utica Rome modified victory to Matt Shepard. He's three for three now at Utica Rome. 602 crate victory going to Matt Janzik. And your Lucas Oil ESS feature winner, Danny Barron. Penn Can to get their show in. Modified victory going to Brett Tonkin. And Michael Shane picking up the 602 crate sportsman feature. Accord, Danny Creeden, victorious in the modified division. And Jimmy Johnson, recently unretired Jimmy Johnson, picking up the victory with a 602 crate sportsman. Afton victory going to Nick Nye. And their 602 crate sportsman winner was Gary Smith. Ransomville saw Ryan Soucy in victory lane with the Modifieds and Dave DiPietro with the sportsman program. Can-Am Dirt Car 358 Modified winner being Tim Fuller and Dirt Car Sportsman win going to Brian Hudson. Brewerton, we saw Tim Sears Jr. picking up the victory and Alan Fink with the sportsman. Georgetown's Duran Russ Memorial was supposed to run on Friday. I believe it was Wednesday. They had already moved that to next Thursday. That will be on flow on Thursday if you cannot get to Georgetown with the modifieds. And I believe Rush Crate Late Models are on the card, as well as some other divisions. On a Saturday, Grandview, New Egypt, Bridgeport, Orange County. Rain, 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 go away. Fonda to get their show in, and the greater operator, Craig Hansen, picking up the modified victory. Cody Clark in the 602 Create Sportsman. Lucas Oil ESS victory. Danny Varon once again. Three for three for Danny Varon. He likes the new car, I guess. Woodhall to get their show in. Modified victory going to former guest of the show, BVP, Billy Van Pelt. 602 Create Sportsman win going to Art Goodyear. Five Mile Point. Frank the Tank, Uncle Frank Yankowski, victorious. Congrats, Frank. Guess the blue car is better than the red. And Blaine Klinger picking up the Crate 602 Sportsman feature win there as well. On to Fulton, Tim Sears Jr. back-to-back for the weekend, picking up the Dirt Car Modified victory. Matt Janzik and Chris Mackey also picked up Dirt Car Sportsman victories. Thunder Mountain. Shane Spoonhauer is on fire with the 358 Dirt Modified division up there, picking up the win again. Darren Smith in the Open Modified division. And Jamie Kamrowski in the Dirt Car Sportsman. I went up to Lebanon Valley. I know, four and a half hour haul, but well worth it. It's a nice place to go check out. And some people like to spend half a thousand dollars on Bacchetti merchandise. And no, not me. Victory is going to Eddie Marshall with the Big Black Modifieds. Glad to see him back, returning from his COVID absence. Andy Piketty picking up a late charge to the front in the small block feature. And Tim Hartman Jr. picking up the 2000 to win 602 Crate Sportsman. Land of Legends, Matt Shepard picking up the victory here, going double on the weekend like some other guys did. And in the 602 Crate Sportsman division was Matt Guerreri. Port Royal and Lincoln were dark for the Outlaw Show at Williams Grove, which is nice to see them guys playing nice. On to your upcoming events. Tuesday. We're going to have to pick and choose what we're going to watch here, or unless you're like some of us and we'll split screen or have multiple devices going. That'll be me. Tuesday, Outlaw Showdown, Short Track Super Series North Region, Outlaw Speedway up in New York. 5,000 to win there. 
World of Outlaw Sprints Tuesday, Bridgeport Motorsports Park down in Jersey, 10,000 to win. Outlaw Sprints are also running Friday, Attica Raceway Park in Ohio, 10 grand to win. And Saturday at Sharon out in Ohio, 10,000 to win as well. All-Stars tonight, Wayne's Field Raceway Park, 6,000 to win in Ohio. Friday, they move on to Wilmot Raceway in Wisconsin, 6,000 to win. Saturday, they're at Plymouth Third Track at the Sheboygan Fairgrounds in Wisconsin as well, 6,000 to win. World of Outlaw Late Models Thursday, Bloomsburg Fair Raceway at PA, 10,000 to win. Friday, Thunder Mountain Speedway was the original place that we're going to host it. But remember, I told you a couple weeks ago, Thunder Mountain Speedway and PA did uh, shut down, I guess. And that has been moved to Marion County Raceway for 10000 to win. And then Saturday, where as long as Mother Nature allows, I will be sitting happily like a pig in shit. Port Royal Speedway, 10000 to win. Lucas Oil Late Models Friday and Saturday. Friday, the Truck Country 50 300 Raceway in Iowa, 12000 to win. Saturday, CRST, the Transportation Solutions 50, 34 Raceway, also in Iowa, 15,000 to win. Castrol Flow Race Night in America, again Wednesday, Marshalltown Speedway in Iowa, $22,022 to win. USAC Sprints, Friday and Saturday, 52nd Annual Tony Holman Classic, Terre Haute Action Track in Indiana. That'll be a barn burner. And for you late model fans in the Mid-Atlantic region, Ultimate Super Late Model Series Friday, Road to Jamaica, Natural Bridge Speedway in Virginia, 5,000 to win. But Saturday's killer, King of the Commonwealth, Virginia Motor Speedway, 20,000 to win. As always, thank you to all of our followers and subscribers. Like and share the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Smash that five-star rating button on all your podcast platforms. And a big thank you to Kenny Bruce and Bill Brown and Company Incorporated for the support. That's enough for me. I'm going to cut this short and make it sweet, guys. On to our episode this week with Gary Predmore. For those of you who don't know Gary, Gary is currently the announcer at Accords B-Way, which I did not know. He is also a co-host of the Northeast Racing Hour uh, podcast radio show that you can catch on Facebook Live every Monday on their page. Pretty cool stuff they're doing. I try and touch on all areas of racing as much as I can. Of course, I've had drivers. Of course, I've had announcers. I've had lettering guys on. I've had graphic design uh, people on. And now... I found myself another podcast host. And unlike racetracks, we play nice with each other and help each other get this sport growing the best we can. So on that note, I'm going to leave you. Hope you enjoy the episode. Next week's going to be one of my favorites. Can't wait. But until that time, enjoy the show. Bill Brown & Company, located in Hamilton, New Jersey, has been in the printing and promotional products business since 1946. Current owner and proud dirt track supporter Ken Bruce has been with the company since 1987 and has continued to deliver the customer service that Bill Brown & Company has delivered since the beginning. Kenny supports dirt track racing through the sponsorship of the number 11 Modified, 
driven by Danny Heber, along with sponsorship of bonuses of Big Diamond Speedway and the Short Track Super Series, and is proud to be a sponsor of the Four Wide Salute Podcast. You can reach Bill Brown and Company at 609-586-1408 or by email at kbruce at billbrowninc.com. You can also check out the promotional products on the website at www.billbrowninc.com. On this week's episode of the Four Wide Sloop Podcast, I have with me the co-host of the Northeast Racing Happy Hour with Predmore and Mearns, Mr. Gary Predmore. Gary, let's uh, kick it off. I know you guys put up some cash last night at the Battle of the Bull Ring at Accord. How uh, how was your experience at Accord last night? Oh, it was great. We uh, the the track was good, and uh, we always you know we always try to give back and get our name out there. Uh, with the podcast and, and anything with Brett Dale and that short track super series is always a great opportunity, you know, to get back to the drivers just a little bit. It's also a lot of good exposure too. Uh, that's yeah. I mean, that that's mainly the thing you're looking for, you know, it's on flow racing and you know, the exposure aspect of it is just perfect. Yeah. How, um, so uh, there, it wasn't without any controversy last night, as they saw in victory lane, Mr. Creedon and Williamson did not have a, a good time. <laughs> yeah, that that was a, uh, yeah, he was a little upset on the restart. Uh, Williamson got into him, you know, drove him up the racetrack a little bit. Uh, anybody knows Danny Creedon and everybody usually, you know, everybody knows him. Uh, you know, he's a very competitive guy and, uh, you know, his victory lane speech said it all. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then see the cool thing about Danny, I got to meet Danny a couple of years ago at Thunder Mountain. Danny's now one of my favorite people in racing, um, bust his ass all the time. But, um, you know, the, the thing I saw this today on, on Facebook, Mike Guler, who's a real good friend of mine, one of our guys from down my way, uh, thanked Danny Creedon cause I guess Guler had some issues with the brakes on his truck. And Creedon and his guys didn't leave until they had that fixed on Gouler's truck and he was able to get home last night. Oh, absolutely. Danny Creedon and his guys, they're, they're stand-up guys. Um, when, when I was racing sportsman, I was out at Five Mile Point. We went to uh, one of the big races out there. I had issues, tore the car up. And Danny, actually, we stayed at the same hotel room. And Danny and his guys were giving me parts and helping me fix the car right in the parking lot of the hotel room. Um, from that day on, you know, I was a Danny Creedon fan. He, he, he goes above and beyond to help anybody. You know, I see you see it every Friday at Accord, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I'm the announcer up there. So I get to see the ins and outs, but Danny Creedon, he, he's always the first one to help people out. Uh, you know, they're just stand up guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, they're good people. And he puts his, his blood, sweat and tears into this thing. And I think sometimes that aspect gets overlooked by, uh, you know, bleacher creatures as we call them, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and you're right. He puts he puts everything he has into it, and, and you know he and he shows it. He's full of emotion out there, and he's a true competitor. Yeah. So I want to dive into to your side of things. So you said you're the announcer up at Accord. Were you doing that prior to or after you started the podcast show? Uh, I got that opportunity after the podcast. Okay. Um, we was, I was doing the podcast for a while and then, uh, you know, Gary Palmer reached out and, and the announcer up there, Rick Ryder mm-hmm. asked me if I'd be interested in doing it. And I was like, man, I don't know. You know, I hemmed and hawed for a little while and 
I said, you know, that's a good opportunity. So, so I jumped into it. I had no experience at it. And anybody that really knows me, I, I was always a quiet guy at the racetrack. I, I you know, I was quiet. And then when I started the podcast, people were kind of surprised. Um, so, so announcing, I was like, you know, I'll try it. And I fell in love with it. It's actually a cool opportunity. And, you know, first couple times I did it, I realized that it, the job is a little harder, you know, when the guys are out there and you hear people complaining about announcers and stuff, but it, it's a lot harder than, than it really seems. I had the opportunity of doing that. My first day in the tower actually was our practice day for the 2019 season at diamond and i got asked to call a vintage race that we had after practice was over there was like seven guys out there and i was like uh <laughs> i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing up here like this is and i you'll be know, listening to them all the time announcers keep talking and i'm like i don't know what the hell i'm supposed to say yeah it's amazing that's why i said my partner rick he's great at it he's been doing it for over 40 years so you know, I kind of take his lead on it and just go. But, man, sometimes you're just stumbling on your words. and it, 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 It's fun, though. I love it. Yeah, yeah. How is it announcing on such a small bullring? I mean, those guys, you really don't find a gap in the action quite very often. How does that end up going for you? Oh, it's yeah, it's nonstop. I mean, there's action throughout the, the racetrack and you're constantly, I mean, there's nights I leave out of there, you know, with a sore throat from talking so much, you know, and you, and there's a lot of excitement, you know, it's a tight little quarter mile bull ring. So, you know, you're always calling something and I'm a very animated person on the mic. So, you know, I, I like to, uh, I get into my action, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you kind of have to, you have to establish, establish yourself as your own, right? So yeah. you don't want to become just another guy that has a microphone calling a race the same way everyone else does. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that's why I like it. Yep, yep. So, you know, the whole podcast side of things, where did the idea come from to, you know, for you guys to start this thing? Well, it, it started, I, 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 you may not know, I, I used to race. I started out racing street stocks and I moved up to sportsman. Okay. And then I got into a uh, bad motorcycle accident, which almost left me paralyzed. Damn. And the, the doctor told me that I sh should not race no more. So I wound up selling all my stuff and I was trying to figure out a new way to be involved. So, you know, me and my nephew got talking and he's like, why don't you start a, a racing podcast? You know, so I was like, all right. So I, I knew Joel for a long time and reached out. And, uh, you know, that's how it started. It, it kind of just started off as just, you know, two guys just wanting to have fun and talk about racing. And it just turned into so much more, you know. So I went out and bought some video camera stuff. And we do at-track interviews and you know, take some cool videos. I got a drone. You know, it cost me a, a little bit of money to get it up and running and but I like it, you know, it keeps me involved in the racing game and doing what I like. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the key thing is I didn't realize going into this how much time it would consume my life. And uh, <laughs> it definitely does take up time. It does. And it does. It, I mean, in my case, I'm pre-recording everything. And then mostly every Sunday I'm editing it and then I you know, and then I I uh, publish it. But it's uh right. it's not easy by any any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. 
and we go live, you know, we do our shows live. So we kind of like the fan interaction, mm-hmm. you know, cause people can ask questions. We can pop it up on the screen. You know, we got, we do a live video podcast where most people do, you know, like as we're doing through the phone, uh, we do a live video podcast and, and it's fan interactive, you know, people that are on Facebook and YouTube, they can go on and watch it and they can comment questions, you know, that they may have for a particular driver or whatever we're doing. We could pop it up. You know, so that's a cool, cool aspect that we do as well. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. I uh, briefly hooked up with the Lowdown and Dirty guys from uh, the PA side of things that do their show every Tuesday. And it, it's a completely different animal. It really is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Light years apart from each other as far as, okay, I'm sitting here for two hours and someone's actually watching me right now. I can't rub my nose <laughs> the wrong way or, you know, right. <laughs> just awkward things like that. So it uh, is, it's a totally different concept. It really is. Yeah. How many episodes in now are you guys? We are rolling in on close to a hundred. We started this um, last January. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's probably yeah. Right. And in the beginning, on. yeah, in the beginning we were doing two drivers a night. Uh, we were doing half hour segments. Uh, now we're down to just one driver a night. It's just easier to do one. It doesn't take away from each other. So now, you know, we do one in the beginning. We'll talk about stuff that went on during the week. And then, you know, we'll talk to the driver 40, 45 minutes, stuff like that. What are some of the pain points you've come across in doing this? Some of the struggles you've, you've come across? Uh, my biggest struggle is trying to get big name guys to come on the show. I've tried, I've reached out. Um, yeah, I don't, I, that, that's the, seems to be the hardest part for me. Um, everything else seems to be going smooth. It's just there for a while. We were struggling to get guests on, you know, a lot of guys are camera shy. You know, I try to explain to them, you don't have to be on camera. You know, the particular program we use, you can do it right from your phone. It's just audio. Um, then other guys don't, you know, they don't like to talk, you know, stuff like that. That, that seems to be the biggest problem. Yeah, I, one thing I've, I've noticed now, you know, as you know, racing is just, it's everywhere. You can race almost every day of the week, it seems. And it's tough to fit into guys' schedules. Yep. Especially yeah. in your case where you're a certain night every week at a certain yep. time. That's kind of why I went the route I did. So there was a lot of flexibility right. there. But yeah, it's, and now our off season is so short. You know, if you go after, let's say, the Louisiana swing is the end of November and now (laughs) end of January, throwing the chili bowl in there or, you know, guys are going on vacation or whatever. It's just there's no off season. So, yeah, finding time for these guys is really difficult. It really is. Yeah, and that's uh, like you said, it's harder for us because, you know, my my partner, he's got a, a crazy schedule, so we pick the month we switched to mondays for now you know we seen because i got the input from a lot of drivers we were doing thursdays mm-hmm. thursdays are tough because everybody's in the shop getting ready to go racing friday saturday so you know monday seems to be like a cool down day after the weekend peak guys kind of relax on monday so we had a little better luck with doing the mondays but you're right with the live stuff it's a lot harder you know, where you guys can fit it in, you know, I mean, I could do it if I do it by myself. I got a pretty open schedule, but my partner on the show, he, he's got a little tight schedule, so it's hard finding days, you know? Yeah. And, you know, working with those low down and dirty guys, I mean, there's, there were five of us 
towards the end of last year and getting at least two or three of them to be available at one given time is so difficult, you know, with everyone's yeah. schedule and stuff. And um, what kind of do you stick just to the modified stuff or, or the sportsman guys? No, we, I mean, we literally, we've had kids on that are racing slingshots and go-karts. Oh, cool. Um, you know, we kind of, we, we kind of like, like talking to the little guys, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Guys that don't get much exposure. I okay. mean, that's mostly what a lot of our shows are. Um, I mean, we've had some big name drivers on, you know, we've had Jeff Strunk and the Danny Creedens and stuff like that. Um, but, but, you know, we like talking to the little guys too, because they're the ones that's got the really cool stories. You know, they're the ones that really struggle and they really put their heart and soul into everything they do. And, you know, they're working that nine to five or that, that, you know, seven to five job, you know, nobody's working eight hours anymore. So guys working 10 to 12 hours and coming home and working on the race car, you know, they're, they're the ones we like to talk to. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, we talk to anybody. It's not, we don't, you know, we don't discriminate on what you drive. Um, and, and just recently we've been, you know, our exposure has been getting pretty good. And, uh, you know, we got guys, literally, we have guys lined up to come on a show that live out in the state of Washington, Iowa, you know, guys that drive you know, asphalt late models, you know, stuff like that. So the show is definitely expanding for us, which is cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. How did you end up getting guys that far away? They actually contacted the show that, uh, they recently, they would message me or they call me. Our, our phone number is on our Facebook page. Oh, that's cool. Um, so they wind up, yeah. So they wind up calling me and saying that they've seen the show, you know, people share it. It's literally shared all over the place. Right. And, uh, yeah, they say they see the show, they like it and they, you know, they want to come on. Oh, and, uh, that's really yeah. Cool. So it's, it, it's just the exposure part, you know, it's getting to be all over. We've had a, a street stock driver on a couple of weeks ago from Alabama. I mean, I know he was a controversial guy. Um, and he was our, our most watched episode on the show. And it kind of took off from there because, you know, then the Southerners were like, well, heck, you know, but we had, uh, the short track super series Cajun guys. We had a round table with like five of them modified guys down there. That was pretty cool too. Yeah, it's, you know, well, especially with the modified guys, the fact that Brett's trying to really grow, get out yep. of the Northeast stigma of things and trying to get it further out into the country is pretty cool. And to give them guys exposure is awesome. Yeah, it was cool. And they, they you know, they, you know, those guys, they tell the stories, you know, they got cool stories down there and it's cool how it's expanding. Wait, I think every racer in some way shape or form has got to have a cool story at some point right oh yeah absolutely but to your point the kids aspect of it is you know and i keep reiterating this this is the next generation this is what we're gonna end up having the kid in a quarter midget right now could be your you know your win leader at accord in 20 years and you just don't know it right Uh, yeah absolutely how many times you see these kids coming right up from the slingshot ranks you know jumping into the modifies and doing well at it yeah yeah, it's uh, it's getting kind of out of hand in a sense where it's like now it's not just one or two kids that a lot of attention's on. Now there's 10 of them out there. I mean, look, <laughs> you saw Bam Bam last night, Brock Pinkeris. Uh, there is a prime example of what is to come, and he's going to be a multi-time winner at some point in time in the near future. It's just, oh, yeah. It's, in, it's riding on the walls. Absolutely, but, uh, and and the kid has a, has a crazy personality. If you ever met him, he he's something that kid. 
Oh, and that's, I think that's part of the game. You know, you don't want to just blend <laughs> yeah. in with everyone else. You want to stand out, right? Oh, yeah, he definitely does. It's cool. It's awesome. And he can wheel, too. Yeah. So when you aren't working at Accord, you know, what are you doing on a regular Saturday night? Are you venturing to different places or do you have a home track you like to go to or what? Well, uh, this year I'm actually doing uh, videography at my local Bethel Motor Speedway. It's actually an asphalt track. Okay. Um, they contacted me to do that. So I, uh, I, I, you know, I, it took me a long time to see if I wanted to do that because I like to venture out. Saturdays are usually my free day, you know. I'll travel to any dirt track around. Uh, so now I'm kind of locked down doing that. But it, it's a different experience for me. Um, but it takes up a lot of my time. I, I do, you know, do that on Saturdays, and I try not. I try to have family day on Sunday, and then get back, like you said earlier, video editing and all that stuff. It just takes a long time to do all that. Oh yeah, it does. So, so my Saturdays are kind of spent doing that. But if if you probably put in another five hours of editing you probably make it even better but at some point you just got to draw the line <laughs> you do uh, yeah and I, i've learned that really quick you, you do you just have to draw the line and just cut it down and just go with what you got because you, you literally can spend the whole day with the editing the videos and exporting it to your computers and all that stuff it's just, it gets to be a lot oh yeah when i first started doing this i think it was my third episode uh i had billy jr on and the way I was recording through my device, it didn't set up correctly. Like I had to cut every piece of audio out and like puzzle yep. together. Well, Ugh. didn't my files of my piece of that end up getting deleted? I had to listen to everything he said and try to remember what the question was to oh, wow. and go back and play filler. It was the biggest pain in the ass. And it took me yeah, a good tough. two extra days to do it. It was horrendous. But it's some of the things that, you know, drivers go through things where parts <laughs> are breaking and get flats. And, well, we have our own uh, different different side of things, too. Um, Absolutely. So you did say you did race previously street stocks and sportsmen. Um, all dirt. Uh, yeah, all dirt. I raced a few times on the asphalt at Bethel. Um, I wasn't really, I, I didn't really care for the asphalt too much, but yeah, it was mostly dirt um, in the street stock. I, I raced at Accord in Orange County. And then when I went to the sports, I raced the street stock for many years. And then I went up to Sportsman and I pretty much raced that thing all over the place. Just had a true blast. Was that a crate car? Uh, it started out as an open motor okay. back when they had open motors. Um, we raced wherever we could with the open and then the open kind of went away and we made a decision to get rid of the open motor and, and go crate racing. Yeah. Now crates are multiplying like ticks They're Oh yeah. That, that's the way to go. Yeah. But if you remember, if you remember when that class first started, you know, it, it was kind of like a really, really slow process. A couple cars here and there compared to what it is now. It's amazing, the trans transformation. Well, and I think I think that goes without saying that's going to happen for any new class that comes along. And now yep. I think there's only one track that might still run opens at this point. I think I know Grand, right. Grandview still allows them, but I don't know really any yeah. class that does. And, yeah, the open motors are pretty much done and out. Well, I mean, the cool thing about it is, too, that means 
If they're crate motors, you have a lot less rules that you have to abide by and where it kind of is an even playing field to some extent. But, some extent, yeah. But it also allows guys that race, you know, in New York on a Friday, if they want to go to PA or Jersey and race on a Saturday, they don't have to change a whole lot to do it. Right. Yeah. And that's that's the coolest thing about the creep. I mean, you look at the modified division, um, me personally, I think that kind of hurts the car counts and the numbers. You know, you down, you go to Pennsylvania, you know, they got all different motor rules. The motor combinations are just too much. Oh, yeah. That's just my personal opinion on it. They need to come together. I mean, it, it to me, it's just mind blowing the different combinations of motors. Well, I think it. I, I think it goes back to when it was. I'm going to make a set of rules for my track, so those cars can only race here. Here, exactly. And that just set the tone. Well, then other tracks adapted those rules too, and now it's just a chess match, really. <laughs> but there's so much there's so much racing going on though that and there's so many tracks running on a Friday and Saturday. Oh yeah. But there's so many race cars too. So there's enough to go around, you know, for the most part. Yeah. So I mean, you get out of a certain radius of mileage, it doesn't even make financial sense to even go too far away to race. Yeah, especially now with, with the way prices are and fuel prices, traveling is tough. Right. I just saw someone from Jersey was going to go run Albany last Friday, and I said, what financial sense does that make? It, yeah. It doesn't. Even if you win, you've already burned up half that in fuel getting there, and yeah, you're going to burn off a tire, almost guaranteed. So now what? What are you racing yeah. for? I mean, but... As I tell everyone, if you're in this to make money, you're absolutely insane. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the wrong business, absolutely. You're in the wrong business. There's a business. select few. There's a select few that could absolutely make money doing it, you know? I, I At some point in my life, I want to open a money-burning booth right down the street from the racetrack <laughs> and say, all right, if you guys just want to save yourself some time, just hand me the money you were going to use to pay today. I'll burn it, and you can turn around and go home. <laughs> It's a fact. It's a fact. And, and the more you move up in class, the more expensive it gets. Oh, you ain't kidding. I, I see, you know, I'm a huge super late model fan. I will follow those Me things too. till I'm done. I, I love them. Yep. But, uh, absolutely. You know, I to think nowadays that super late models have higher paying races on average more than sprint cars do. Sprint cars have a lot of huge, yeah. big money races, but not as frequent. And but the money those guys pour into those things is outrageous, outrageous amounts of money. Yeah, just it's amazing. Just just to get the car and the motor, it's astronomical. So, they, you know, and they get that it's good that they pay them purses to try to offset some of that cost. Right. And then the traveling. I mean, these guys are all over the country. Well, you know, I was in a Bridgeport last Tuesday for the Super Dirt Show. Great feature, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. And I was very surprised. I wasn't surprised to see Williamson there. I know that Buzz Two Car runs that schedule. I was very surprised to see Saint Sauveur there and Lindbergh because those guys are coming from Ontario. Right, right. And I'm thinking, well, it, you're driving. It's a super dirt thing, you know. Right, but you're driving clear across New York, down through PA, out on the other side of Philly to get to Bridgeport. How many miles yeah. is that? I went to college in Buffalo, so I have a rough idea how long it takes. <laughs> Absolutely. But at the diesel price, 
it's almost a dollar per mile, and you just drove from Ontario all the way to New Jersey to race? Like, you're insane. You're absolutely well, I, mean, I don't know if they're platinum members or not, you know, True. but if they're if they're platinum members, they're guaranteed starters, you know, it's guaranteed right. money at the end of the night. So, I mean, that kind of plays into, I would think, into the decision-making on, on going. Right. But you're right. Either way, it, it's it's a haul, and it's expensive. Yeah. It, it, like we said, especially... In it might not even cover the green money. You know, even if you finish right. last in the race, you may you still may come out right. in the red. Right, exactly. Well, and this and that happened at Grandview for their opener. They did a special 1060 to take the green, and the first right, yellow, yep. like 10 guys pulled off, and they just took their green money, saved themselves a right took, rear, and went home. Right, absolutely. It's, it's part of the strategy now where guys don't have tires, so... Well, if I could just collect my little bit of money here and save my right rear, okay. Yep. Yeah, especially especially if it's over, you know, thousand dollars. That, that's that's good green money right there. Oh yeah, that's a that's a couple of right rears. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But that's part of the game nowadays. You know what I mean? Like guys aren't willing to go out there and just burn their shit up every night to put on a show for the fans because now it it is like a like a big chess match. It really is. Yeah. See, when I was racing too, when I raced Accord, I, I kind of did that in the sportsman. There was a ton of sportsmen. This one, we were running the open motors. Uh, there was a ton. So, and I was just into it. So I wasn't very good, obviously. And I wouldn't make many features. So I was, you know, I'm like, dang. So I put sail panels on it because I was guaranteed to make the show, you know, go racing like that, collect some money and make out for the night just to make a feature and get seat time. You know, that's what I was looking for seat time. And, and in the sportsman, I was struggling. So I was just like, heck, you know, if I can be able to get some seat time and collect a little money on the end. So that's what I did. They didn't like it too much, but I did it. That's we had our open sportsman division last year was the last year. And we only averaged maybe 10 cars a night. And, you know, a guy like Tanner Van Doren was running that class. And I think to myself, why would he be out here running one heat race and one feature against these guys and not go do something more competitive, not run a 602 or not run his small block? And when you think about it, I mean, even though those guys ain't making hand over fist to finish seventh, you're still guaranteed something. Guaranteed something. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's it's because once you move up, the the, the competition is stiff and, you you know, you're spending a lot more money and the return is not there. Yeah. I mean, not everyone has that luck of moving up and being successful. Right. It takes a lot of time, especially now where, you know, a couple of years ago, Shepard was only really running the New York and and super dirt stuff. He wasn't coming down to to pick everyone's pocket, as we say. But now (laughs) you have to worry about that. These are what, you know, the more races out there, the more they're going to want to race. So now you got to be on your game no matter where it is you go or what day of the week it is. Um, Yeah, because you know those guys are coming. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what um what tracks did you primarily run at then when you were running the the crate car? Uh, Accord. We did Accord on Friday nights. Then we would come home and change tires and rescale it and bring it to Orange County on on Saturdays. How was that running Orange County? Uh, or that, it was different. 
I did it, but I was racing there before the track changed, um, before, you know, now the track is obviously, it's better. Um, but yeah, the first time I went from Accord to, to Orange County, that, that was almost life changing. Cause you know, the speeds are just astronomical. You hit that first turn and you're like, Oh boy, just hold on. You know? Well, there's no, there's almost no banking too. Oh no! Yeah, it's flattened out now. And I mean, and I I asked Andy Bicchetti that question because for a long time, he was running you know Afton or Accord on a Friday, yep. and then he'd go run the Valley. Well, those are yeah. night and day. You're going yep. from you know running through the city to running in the country like that's huge. And I you know <laughs> yeah, there's got to be a mindset to it, and you know adjusting yourself to. Okay, this is twice as big, twice as long straightaways, no banking, completely different animal. Your setups have to be completely different, right? Oh yeah, the setups are totally different. And I and I always say if you can race like Accord and them short tracks will teach you how to race, you know? Cuz you're up on the wheel. Whether you're first or 20th, you're up on the wheel on these short tracks. You know, in Middletown, you're going you're going breakneck speeds, but a lot of times you kind of single file yourself out, you know, and, and just go with the flow and you're not it's not really you know, it's more laid back, really, compared to Accord where you're literally rubbing on leaning on each other the whole time. Uh, so, so yeah, the mindset is definitely totally different there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a huge different animal. It really is. I was fortunate enough to win tickets to Eastern States back in 2018. And that was the first time I was ever there. And I was like, this place is freaking awesome because it's, <laughs> it is like a Mecca. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Especially Eastern States. Eastern States is always a, a, an awesome event. Brings in everybody. Places pat just the, the uh, you know the, the prestige of it, the camping, everything. It's kind of like Syracuse, you know, like Syracuse used to be. You know, now Oswego, you know. Right, but it it still I think it has more of a, an intimate feel to it because it's not as big. You right. Know, yes. You know, and and I haven't been to Oswego. I I I can't do the asphalt dirt thing. I just can't do it. I can't bring myself <laughs> to do it. And then every year you see how the track looks and what they're going through and talk about guys yeah. pulling off on lap two. Holy crap. Um, yeah. But it's just, I, I don't know. I just can't bring myself to do it. I was only at Super Dirt Week once when I was four. Jimmy Horton won the race. So I have no memories of that, unfortunately. So I have... I always go right to Eastern States. That's my that's my that's okay. my super dirt week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've only been to Syracuse one time, and that was for the finale. I, I never went to Syracuse. I always thought the racing was terrible there. Um, I, I just didn't care for it, so I never I never went. And then I went to the finale, and I was like, wow, this you know the, again the the prestige of it, the, everything about it, the aura about it. Um, and then, and then Stewie passed, you know, he, he took the the lead on, on, out on the, on the top side and won the race. And I was like, wow, I guess this place ain't so bad. Yeah. Well, and, and also you probably had everybody and their mother who was like, oh, it's the finale. I got to go. So, oh, yeah. The place was absolutely packed. It was mobbed. You know, at the end of the night, people were taking the clay off the racetrack, putting it in Ziploc bags oh, yeah. and stuff like that. It, it was crazy. Oh, it, I mean, it, it was literally people crying. You know, it, oh, yeah. it was different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. That, that, you know, people that's been going there for, you know, a lot of these people have been going there 30, 40 years, if not longer, you know? Yeah, it would, it would happen if 
it came out Orange County was being sold and going to be bulldozed. Well, Eastern States would be the same scenario. You'd have oh, yeah. people out there picking up dirt and all kinds of crap. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. Uh, as we start to wind this thing down, I did want to ask, I see you guys had the opportunity to not only interview, but sit right on the other side of each other with Brett Hearn in the middle. Probably one of the, I'd say arguably the best super dirt racer of all time. Uh, to an extent, and now you guys are interviewing with him sitting in the middle of you. How was that? Yeah, that that was cool. Uh, we actually had the opportunity to have him on earlier in our, you know, when we first started. He was on the show. Uh, he he liked what we were doing, and we were at the motorsports show. And uh, he actually came over to us and was like, "Hey, can can we uh, set up an interview and talk about?" It I was like, "Yeah, I mean, how are we going to tell Brett Hearn no, right?" Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, "Yeah, absolutely, sit down." You know, so yeah, it, it's it's awesome to to be able to talk to to Brett. And you're right; in my eyes, he's hands down one of the best to ever. Strap a helmet on and go racing in in a modified. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's difficult because over the phone, okay. You can kind of just close your eyes and just do it through a computer screen. Not as easy, but not so hard. And then the guy is sitting right next to you. And I've done it where it's <laughs> like, I have a thousand questions I want to ask him. And then he sits down and you're like, uh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how was lunch? <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm supposed yeah. to ask you now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's why I got my partner Joel. He he's great for the questions. He's just nasty. He just pops stuff out all the time. You know, he, and he'll ask the hard questions. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I can sit here with notes all day, and no one's ever gonna know it. But yep. when you're doing a live show like that, it's near impossible. I still don't know how game show hosts have cards in their hand. They cannot be reading them to save their life because it's impossible. <laughs> so yeah, yep. it's a. Uh, it's not easy whatsoever. It is not. But that's awesome. You got to have him on your show twice, you know, once in person. It's time for Green White Checkered on the Four Wide Salute. For our green flag question, what would you say is your favorite race car number ever? If you had to run one car one more time, what number are you putting on that? Uh, yeah. favorite race car number ever. Huh? I would have to be the the seventy three. That's what my car was. The seventy three. Uh, my dad was a big Gary Ballou fan. That's actually who I'm named after. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I got Gary Ballou pictures. You know, autographs, stuff like that. Yeah, my dad was a huge fan of Gary Ballou. Uh, so yeah, that's actually was the number on my race car seventy three. So that, that's what I would continue to run. Oh, that's cool. Have you gotten a chance to see him on uh, Dale Jr.'s Lost Speedways television show? Yes, I have. That was pretty cool, huh? Yeah, that that is a cool deal that that, that Dale Jr. does with that. Well, I, and, of course, Gary Blue, he's got, always got stories. Well, right. I'm watching that thing thinking, okay, I'm going to learn a lot about these asphalt tracks down south. And then here comes Gary <laughs> Blue, and I'm like, I know this guy. Yeah, like, I know this guy. I know this guy. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. No, that's pretty cool. 73 is not a very common number. So it's, you know, cool to hear something different. On to our white flag question. What would be the last racing T-shirt you bought? Who was it? Uh, Bryce Bailey. Okay. A sportsman driver up, up, up five mile. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
that was the last. Yeah, that was the last. Uh, that was my last recent shirt I bought. I try. I tried to buy the the TC Shep shirt, but they were sold out. You know, I asked Jordan, <laughs> uh, Matt's girlfriend. I asked her at Bridgeport. I said, "You're on your third print of this shirt." I said, "And I know you're not ordering a hundred. I said, "How many yeah. have you gone through?" I think oh, yeah. I think it's somewhere in the five thousand range. It has to be. Oh, I believe it. It's, I believe it's it. It's got to be. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the best part is it's totally shaded the hard clay observer. That's the best part. I love it. Oh yeah, no, yo, that <laughs> that's why I said they should be. Uh, he should be supplying them with a cut of that. Well, and see, and when that that's exactly where it all came from. Well, too. and I didn't know anything about the hard clay observer. I try to keep myself away from those private groups because I can't keep my mouth <laughs> shut sometimes. <laughs> And I have reputation yep. on Fridays I need to keep. But uh, I was like, I got to check this out. I'm curious what this is all about. So I went on there and, oh, and man. it had those questions you have to answer to get accepted. And then I'm reading yep. them and it's, what's the best driver ever? And it says the doctor. Then it says Danny <laughs> Johnson. And then it says Danny, the Dr. Johnson. I'm like, what well, is a trick question? <laughs> and then, yep. then the last one was about Shepard and traction control. And it says like, when does he use yep. it? Always. Uh, <laughs> almost never or something. And I'm like, what in the world is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that group. Yeah. The, the, you can't go on there for any kind of serious information. No, but the, no, the, the, you know, but it's funny to me because the, the, there's a lot of drivers. I mean, even Brett Dale follows that that is on there and chimes in on that. It's just funny to me. It's a lot of tongue in cheek stuff. It's almost like you, oh, yeah. you need to ha- understand that, majority of it's a joke so yeah oh yeah and that's the problem though because there's there's people that actually go on there and, and think it's like a legit real site and, and they you know people get very upset on some of the comments like oh you just yeah. get your popcorn ready every time they post something just get your you get your popcorn ready because it's going to be great at this point in day and age i mean anyone who takes any facebook thing seriously yeah no you just can't do it anymore uh, yeah, I, the only thing wrong with them, them TC shirts, I think, is they should have put Orange County's logo on the back. I think that would have yeah. been the ultimate punch. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah he, put, he put coming to a track near you, so. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was great. It, it, listen, that that's a great marketing ploy. I mean, kudos to me. I'm not a Matt Shepard fan, uh, that's duly noted, but great marketing plan. Uh, I love it. That'd be the only Matt Shepard shirt I would buy. I look at it this way. There there was a, you know, <laughs> people call go down a lawnmower, like, you know, runs you yep. over. He came out with a shirt a couple of years ago, had a lawnmower on the back. Um, <laughs> then you look at Robert Ballou with USAC. He has shirts yep. that are dying hilarious. Um, yep. You know, the, you have to. You're, it is a marketing scheme. Why me, dime me, 69 me, and Brady Bacon. It's a marketing thing. They, Brady Bacon. Yeah. They sold a bazillion of them. It's it. You have to. Exactly. You have to. It's and I think you know you sell that many of them, man. That's just extra money and pad in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a whole lot of money these guys make, but it's enough to help buy something. Yep. So yeah. That's it. They were selling them at, at Accord last night, and there was a ton of people wearing them just in the stands. I'd already had them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's know? it's the the comedy aspect of it. I think is what sells. Yep. Oh, absolutely. So uh, on to our checkered question. Out of all of the people you have not had on your podcast yet, what is your all-time guest that you want to have on the show? 
Uh, all-time guest. There's got to be one out there that you haven't had yet that you absolutely want to have on your show. Uh, man, uh, um, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I would say if I had to, had to take a stab at it, I, I, I would definitely like to have a, like a Donnie Shots okay. Sprint Car World. Okay. Yep, Donnie Shots. That's reasonable. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, yeah. that's not, I don't think that's too out of reach. I think that's absolutely reasonable. No. Yeah, it's tough. Their, their schedules are so, I tried to get a couple late model guys on. Their schedules are just brutal. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to get Kyle Strickler, but them sure, late yeah. model guys are, they're all over the place. And then Donnie running both, you know, he'll run his late model and then I'll run yeah, his Yeah, it's hard. We had a couple of them lined up, and then you know races got canceled, and the makeup date yeah. was on the night that we were supposed to do it. Yeah, it's, it's just hard to get those guys. But I, I would love to have someone like that on, you know, Donnie Shots. That that'd be cool. Yeah, you got to get them like when they're in the middle of a a trip in between two locations where it's like a Saturday Wednesday deal. So right. You know, because then your show falls in between. And you might be able to catch him where he's actually not doing nothing that night before or something. But no. Nope. And one another older guy I would like to I actually reached out to him is CD Coville. Oh, all right. Yeah, all right. I actually reached out to him. Um, he he never responded. You know, I don't have much contact, but you know, I do a lot of stuff through Facebook and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I would like to have CD Coville come on and and, and talk. That's because he's busy eye racing all the time. Eye racing all the time. I know I've raced a few times. He's I see him on there. I can't believe it. At his age, that's he's on there all the time. He loves it too. I say he's always on. He's always racing. It's it's amazing to be his age and still have fun playing. You know, (laughs) to do eye racing like that. It's awesome. Well, hey, he's not tearing shit up, so he's not spending money, and his body probably feels just as good as when he got on. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I tell you, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in the eye racing thing, and it, it, it costs me zero dollars to hit that escape button to fix my race car. You're exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not dove into the eye racing scene quite yet, but I'm looking forward to the new video game coming out later this year with uh, eye racing and the World of Outlaws. I hope it's uh, not. Yep, I, hope I it's saw it. Great. I can't. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, uh, hopefully it's similar to the iRacing world. That 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 would be cool for the con- the console needs something like that. Yeah, yeah. Not all of us have the computer set up yeah. or yeah, because it, you know, I tell you that that's expensive to get a you know get a really good setup computer and you know, triple monitors and all that stuff to hold to bang. It's very expensive to get going in iRacing. Well, and then to be competitive and have to know your setups yeah. and. Yep. Yeah, it's it's endless because then you got to buy all the cars on on it. Yeah. Yeah. Then you got to buy the tracks. It's never ending, and they keep adding new stuff. Yeah. It's 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 a money pit, just like the real race car, just a whole lot cheaper. Yeah, friend of mine, uh, he won. They did a big block four ten race, and he drove a 410 sprint car at Knoxville that looked just like the Glenn Heidemann 126. And he won the event. The guy who organized it sent him his money and a custom Wheaties box 
with the sprint car on it. Oh, wow. And now it is at Glenn Heinemann's shop, which is right down the road for me. Um, (laughs) Cool. And he would go in there and you look at all his Freedom 76 checks and all his big money checks. And then there's this damn Wheaties box. And I'm thinking to myself... (laughs) Anybody, you could put anybody in your modified to win you one of these 76er ones, but who's going to win you another Wheaties box? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's cool. Absolutely. That's cool. Well, I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on the show. And, yeah, uh, absolutely, man. It was fun. Hope we can, uh, you know, get some more guys to tune into your show on a weekly basis. And uh, just let everyone know where they can find it and what times and days. Uh, we're on Facebook and YouTube. It's uh, Northeast Racing Happy Hour with Predmore and Mern's podcast. Uh, we go live Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Awesome. Every, every Monday night. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. How long is your show on for? An hour or two hours? Yeah. yeah well, it depends on the guest. You know, <laughs> if things are flowing. Um, an hour mostly, but there's been times that we've gone an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes, you know, when things are going good and flowing well, we'll just keep talking, you know? So there's it, mostly an hour though is, is the time frame. Awesome. Well, you just let me know when I'm up next. I'll be glad to join you anytime, but uh, absolutely, man. Next time, well, I, definitely. next time I get my, my butt up to Accord, I'll be sure to stop and see you. And, uh, or Orange County. We're at Orange County, you know, Eastern States. If you're there, we're definitely up for that. Oh, that could be a possibility. Yep. So, yep. Next time we'll <laughs> your way, I'll shoot you a message, and we'll see where you're at and uh, see if we can meet up. Absolutely, man. All right. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. 